Welcome to Sales Tech Stars Sales Star Podcast. This is where we feature news, tips and insights on B2B sales. Happy to have you here. On today's episode of the Sales Star Podcast, we have Sukanda, CEO and founder of sales intelligence platform Leadsift, joining us to share a few thoughts on thriving during uncertain business times, while also talking about the importance and benefits of intent data in the whole B2B and technology sales process. It's great to have you here, Tukan. Tell us a little bit about yourself. We'd love to know what inspired Leadsift and also how has the journey been so far? Great to be here, Paroma. The reason, I guess I'll, I'll tell you the journey from Leadsip. So Leadsip was started about seven and a half years ago with myself and, and a few of my other co-founders. We were all from technical background and specifically around data science background. We were fascinated by the idea of mining massively available data to extract insights from it. That's how Leadsip was started, where we were looking at Sources like Twitter, Facebook, blog, Instagram, LinkedIn, you name it, anything that's there to extract nuggets of information. And in this case, our particular interest, there's a lot of information out there, but what we focused from day one, what we were specifically interested in was trying to predict buying behavior. Originally, we started it as a tool that consumer-facing brands could leverage to predict or identify their buyers. So, you know, think a Chrysler or a Jaguar or an LG or a MasterCard, leveraging our intelligence to predict who's going to buy a new car, a new phone or a new credit card. About three and a half years ago, we pivoted from that to B2B technology and and sales intelligence, where we now help other B2B technology companies identify which companies they should be focusing their sales and marketing efforts on who within that company they should be talking to, and why they should be talking to them. That's what Leadsip is. That's been the journey. As you can tell, being a first-time founder is always challenging. So there are tons of challenges. Uh, feels like a roller coaster ride, but I wouldn't have it any other way. I'm really enjoying this ride so far. Absolutely. It's always fun running the show. And there's a lot lot of room for experimentation when you're starting up, especially in the tech marketplace. So given the fact that you all pivoted over the last couple of years, the last three years, could you throw light on some of the most successful and recent campaigns driven by your intent data that maybe our readers could learn a couple of things from? Sure. Um, one campaign that I can think of that one of our customers specifically mentioned that they reported this on a campaign. So this was one of the top ad agencies for Facebook. Um, they, they work with other brands. Their main traffic was word of mouth. That's how the agency business works. And, and then RFPs and things like that. But they wanted to be more proactive. They wanted to have a repeatable, scalable process. So what they did was uh, they leveraged Leadsift and they wanted to identify people that were showing interest or intent about their services. And what they did was they, they got intent data delivered to them daily, and they segmented the data into three categories. They segmented it by companies that were showing interest to their competitors, meaning other agencies. The second segmentation that they used was people that were showing interest about specific topics and keywords. This could be Facebook advertisement, custom audience, paid media, or whatever. And mm-hmm. the third thing that they did was they segmented the audience by companies that were attending specific trade shows and conferences. 
So this was pre-COVID days when people still attended conferences. So they segmented that data and they ran highly targeted email nurture programs against that audience using our data. And some of the stats that they shared with us was they booked five times the number of meetings that they normally book from their cold outbound prospecting efforts or cold calling efforts. That was a massive jump. I think they reported about, on average, they got 17% positive reply. Not opens, not clicks, but 17% of the people replied positively to their outreach because it was so relevant and so timely. Absolutely. So obviously, there has been a growing interest for purchase intent, intent data, and the whole area of sales intelligence in the marketplace today. Given what you've just said, what are some of the best practices you'd offer for technology sales teams to follow? Like what should be part of their rule book when they're implementing these data sets for the first time? Yeah. So the first thing that I would say is the sales teams should realize this is this is a great data source that they should and, and, and can leverage, but it's not a silver bullet. Meaning just because some like leads have told you that you know, this company and this person within this company is showing intent doesn't mean that they're going to buy from you or you know, just waiting for your phone call. So the first thing would be to have that expectation. And from there on, the thing would be to work closely with your marketing team in running ads, targeting those people while you are prospecting these accounts. And don't just reach out to the one person who triggered engagement. Try to find a few other people within the same organization that might fit the buyer persona and are also showing intent within the same region. So a little bit of a multi-channel approach along with marketing and keep having the expectation that this is not a silver bullet. It's not going to give you hundreds of deals. But what you can expect is if you are in general booking, if you reach out to 100 people and you book five meetings, with intent signal, if you reach out with the same message to a similar audience size, you'll book probably eight or nine. So that's, that's a pretty significant lift. And that would be my biggest uh, advice to them. Absolutely. And given the innovations in sales tech as a segment, as a whole today, you know, besides the innovations you have when it comes to understanding buyer personas, identifying your ICP and segmenting your target accounts, there are still a lot of challenges that tech salespeople face today. And obviously, given the challenges that COVID-19 have also brought along with it, there are several more. So what would you say are some of the ones that still remain amongst teams despite all the innovations? that sales tech as a whole has to offer? And do you want to share some tips for teams in general here? Yeah, the biggest challenge that we see with at least intent data or any kind of advanced data tools is inaction of the data or poor actioning of the data. What I mean by that is we can provide them the best signals, the best data, but if you don't do anything with it just because you didn't trust it, because there is a little bit of skepticism, quite a bit of skepticism with any new tools. So this is a new way of finding your audience. So there's skepticism and a lot of the times people don't act. So inaction is still a big challenge. A lot of people implement Drift and chatbots, but they don't know how to use it. They don't use it properly. So inaction is a challenge. Doesn't matter how sophisticated the tools are that are coming up. And then the other thing would be poor actioning of the data. Meaning what we see specifically with intent is you know, we can give you the best data and you are following up, but if your following up is horrible, it's a, it's a long, generic, templated, outbound message, 20 phone calls, 
automated LinkedIn follow-up. That's not going to work. So I think the biggest challenge to overcome is, A, get over a little bit of the skepticism. I mean, there will healthy skepticism is good, but get over the skepticism where you action the data. Don't let it sit in your CRM for three months and then follow up, then send an email and say, oh, they didn't reply to my email. That means this intent data was poor. That's not how it works. And if you do decide to action, action it in the right way. So those, those are the biggest challenges that we see with specifically intent data or a lot of new tech tools in the sales stack. Absolutely. And uh, now moving on to the theme of the moment at a time such as the present where changed lifestyles are impacting work models in general. And obviously now economies are slowly reopening. Businesses are also redefining how they propose to bring staff back into the office place, at least the mid-sized, smaller businesses and mid-sized ones. So given that COVID-19 is still a threat, what suggestions do you have for sales teams who are in general struggling to meet quota, even since the last couple of weeks and now as businesses and economies are slowly reopening, there is still a little bit of a marketing and sales challenge because of the pandemic. So what would your top tips be? We cannot ignore the scale of the economic impact this uh, this pandemic has. We cannot ignore it. I think I saw a stat from Sales Hacker where they said 80% of salespeople that were you know interviewed, they said they're not going to be able to hit quota. So I think that's going to be the norm. That's the first thing you need to realize. Now, with that being said, that doesn't mean you you know sit idle and don't do anything. You need to take action. While you're taking action, the few things that we have I have heard from other sales leaders and ex- experts, what they have said is, first is this. I'm going to sound like a broken record. Is have empathy. You know, understand that people are sensitive. There's a lot going on. Stop with the templated, automated cadences. I'm not saying stop with the outbound email sequences, but stop with the generic templated sequences that you were doing. You know, the five sequence emails, blah, blah, blah. Just just stop with them. Think deeply, do extra research about the company. Understand how their company has impacted. You know, were they in the travel space? Did they recently lay off a whole bunch of people? Where, you know, someone in the team made, did they talk about COVID or stuff like that? Understand that do some extra research and then do the reach out and then the final thing is look for companies that are resilient to this that are sort of growing so you know obviously companies in unified communication like a zoom or Cisco or whoever microsoft teams they're growing or infrastructure security companies there are companies that are resilient even in this situation try to identify those companies and reach out to them one of the things that we did ourselves and we actually released this as a list of companies for, for the whole world, a list of, I think, 21,000 companies where we basically predicted them as being resilient to this. And we looked at things like where they still hiring for new roles, where they still running paid media campaigns, where they still running new webinars, virtual events, meaning that means they're still growing uh, in, amongst all of this. Those are the companies that I would prioritize first to reach out to have a discussion with them. Absolutely. And I think we're going to look up that list as well, because that sounds like a very interesting source. Tukan, thank you so much for spending this time with us and sharing all your tips and insights. I think they were very relevant, especially given the challenges in today's current marketplace. Before we wrap up, though, it would be great to hear about your thoughts, maybe some top must-have aspects that you think every tech marketing and sales strategy should have. And that's when we'll call it a day once we hear about these tips from here. Sure. I guess the first thing that I would say is, have a very clear idea of who your customers are. 
you know, defining your ideal customer profile. Second thing that I would say is uh, it would be your uh, marketing and sales team working together. I know it's, it's a cliche, but um, you know, you really need to work close together with them, meaning marketing needs to provide air cover, you know, try to run ads against certain accounts while you're prospecting them. Marketing should provide you with relevant pieces of content that you can share based on the things these companies, your prospects are showing interest towards. The other thing that I would think is from a sales perspective, mix outbound with inbound with every other channel, you know, call it all bound. I don't care, but just mix everything up in your arsenal to do the prospecting. Then uh, last couple of things I would say, have realistic expectations. You know, just because you have a little bit of new data doesn't mean just because you have you know, direct dials of a person doesn't mean they're going to pick up your phone. So have realistic expectations. And then final thing is be real. This is one advice that we fundamentally believe, meaning you know, a lot of people, when they craft their outbound email or their marketing message, it's too automated. Sounds very mechanical. So try to be real. When you're sending an email, think if someone sent you that same email via LinkedIn or, or your inbox, would you reply to them? And 90% of the times, if you just read through your emails, you're like, no, this is boring. This is them just you know, spewing the thing that they have sent to 3,000 other people. So be real, be human. Think of you know, what would make you tick and then apply that when you're reaching out to, to your prospects and people. Absolutely. I think these were very interesting tips. And thank you once again for spending this time with us today. And we hope to have you back again sometime soon. But in the meantime, stay well and take care. Thanks a lot, Parma.